0: Welcome to The Contemplative Life. Three pastors, friends, and spiritual companions help us explore spirituality through a contemplative lens.
1: I'm
2: Christina Roberts.
0: I'm Chris Roberts.
2: I'm Christina Kaiser. We're glad you joined us. Hello. It's great to be with you. Today we are taking some time to talk about the spring equinox and how that can relate to our spirituality. So spring in general is known to be a time when things come alive. In fact, we look forward to it, right? The new buds that emerge, we learn that, oh, these animals, they come out of hibernation, things come alive. And as it turns out, all of that offers us a chance to reflect on this spring equinox and how the spring can relate to our spirituality. So to expand on that a bit. The spring equinox is also known as the vernal equinox, where that word vernal means new or fresh. And then the Latin roots of equinox actually refer to this near equal length of the day and the night that occurs on that particular day. It's all about the axis of the earth being perfectly balanced. Many, therefore, then use the spring equinox as a time to contemplate balance in their lives, same as the earth is in balance at that moment, this thoughtfulness between the light and the dark, equanimity, equality. But the spring equinox also offers us a chance to contemplate our notions of discomfort. Where do we feel that? Because there's this shift from what we sometimes call wintering, this quiet, introspective nature in life, and it gives way to this more outward-focused kind of energy-ridden way of life again. And so these shifts and changes in life tend to remind us we don't always like change in our lives. And so that gives us another opportunity. Can we become comfortable with change? Can we wrestle with our discomfort? Can we find ways to anchor in the present moment? And so as we get going, I'll say, I'm new to allowing the rhythms of the earth to help me access inner wisdom and noticing, but I've really enjoyed opening up a bit to these rhythms and embracing them and celebrating them and engaging with them, allowing them to teach me things. And so I'd love to open the conversation here. As you start to hear about all of this, what emerges for you as we talk about the spring equinox?
1: I'm struck by this balance of dark and light and the almost equalness of this particular day that we experience. And I think that is so reflective of life that we live in such a both and space, the now and the not yet, depending on what tradition you come from, where at any given moment, there are numerous things that feel like light to us that are the consolations, the good things, the comfort, the joy. And at the same time, there are the dark moments and the discomfort and the struggle, etc. And that somehow it all is supposed to be together and work together and it matters. And I think too, talking about this day being a transition from the wintering into the beauty of spring and the liminal space often isn't, neat, if I'll say that. And I think maybe just living in Wisconsin too, it's quote spring sometimes, but really it's not spring. And we've done Easter egg hunts when there's been snow on the ground. And then other years, Easter egg hunts where it's this lovely spring day, right? Spring like day. And so I think sometimes even the liminal space that one experiences In a given year or even seasonally speaking, I think sometimes in our lives, we go through wintering seasons that may be not matching the calendar year of winter, but, and then we have this liminal space where it's winter, spring, not back and forth space. So I think that's what comes to mind for me as I hear us discussing the spring equinox.
0: Yeah, I really resonate with both of what you guys have said. And I think I really resonate. I think the images that come to my mind of the discomfort of leaving this the days are a lot shorter and so you're sleeping more and you're you're staying inside you're cozy you're comfortable and the image of a bear trying to come out of that season of just bliss right (laughs) get to sleep as much as you want don't have to plan anything don't have to go out for food and um I think in our lives as human beings, sometimes that spring that where things are starting to bud, right? In fact, I had a spiritual director that one of the, he would start our session sometimes by saying, What's a bud? What's a blossom? And what's a thorn in your life? And getting me to think about, okay, well, which one resonates? Is something budding or something blossoming? I think having to look at our lives and say, okay, what is on the agenda? What is, I'm leaving this season of the word that comes to my mind is lethargy or whatever. This time of building up your rest and resting your body. But you're moving into a season of where it's time to get things done, right? It's time to think about planting seed and it's time to start preparing for the days, getting longer, being able to do more outside, being more productive. And uh, so I think for me, I really resonate with that. Sometimes that struggle of discomfort of leaving one season behind and going into a new season. And uh, there's a really good quote that I really appreciate because it, it helps me think about this in a helpful way. The quote is, "And then the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom." And so I think sometimes we don't want to put ourselves out there. We don't want to plan. We don't want to to start new things. It's too painful to risk doing that. It's a lot easier to just stay in that bud and just remain tight. And I think that's a great parable that says, no, actually it's more painful to stay in that place than to blossom in your life.
2: These are all great points. And even as we hearken back to wintering for just a second, like I said, I'm kind of new to letting the seasons help me in my own formation and experiences, but I really wanted to winter this year. I wanted to have that experience of stillness and quiet and going inward and enjoying the coziness and the light. And the it was like society was not allowing it. the The schools kept piling on and there were all these events and I really became irritated like, no, this isn't supposed to happen. So we as a society are probably not that good at this like we really paid more attention to this kind of stuff when more of us were planting seeds and in fact Dominic and I are actually actively talking about planting seeds so that probably helps that we are connecting a little bit with those rhythms but that notion of balance it's been a huge thing in our family conversations because there is a little bit of what's the difference between thriving and just existing. So we have a daughter who can do a lot of stuff, but is all of it worth it to feel busy or stressed? Or maybe this thing could take a little bit of a backseat. So we've had a lot of conversations lately about how much of this and how much of that. And Honestly, she's the driver of it. I would have been like, "But you got a good grade and you did so beautifully on that." But she feels the internal struggle and is saying, "I need to pull back. I don't want this much." And in fact, there's something about when you work on balance, and I do this sometimes at 5:45 in the morning, the core is the secret to balance. If I have my core actively engaged, I can balance on one leg. It's not just about the muscle of that one leg. And it's a little bit true in everything. What is the core becomes the new question. What is the core that helps me to find this balance, this equanimity? And how does that inform all these many parts? Because, right, that bud otherwise isn't going to want to come. It's not going to want to
1: bloom. When our kids were little, we were really into the Tinkerbell movies. There is maybe four or five Tinkerbell movies. And one of them in particular really highlighted the different seasons. And there was a fairy for the different seasons and then sort of a, I don't know, a godmother or something. And I remember in the story, winter was in love with spring. And so there was like this one moment and it must have been the equinox. I didn't say that word in the cartoon, but where winter and spring could kiss because it was the transitional moment from one season to the next And so that's coming to mind. But with that too, I just, I loved like I know that my kids loved watching this, but secretly I loved the Tinkerbell movies as well because it was just such a delightful portrayal of what we're describing here that each of the seasons had these beautiful fairies that would bring about this magic, right? And these magical things within the season. And so I think- again, helping children to recognize each season has these wonderful beauties to learn. And to your point, Christina, I think as a society, we tend to rush past the wintering or we don't want that, but oh, there's such beauty there. And it's interesting to me, Chris, that you took the conversation back to wintering as opposed to, yeah, I can't wait for spring and the buds and the new life. And I think that tends to be where we go in these conversations, like longing for that. But again, that balance that you're naming that Both, and in fact, all four of the seasons are are lovely and beautiful and matter and harkens me back to these fond memories of Tinkerbell.
0: And I have those memories as well. (laughs) I think I totally resonate with what both of you are saying, and particularly our culture and our society. This is the opposite of how they want to behave or, or the way that they want to be or show up in the world. Some of the things that are pushed, and I think being gentle with ourselves as we try to see what. Wisdom the seasons can teach us. I think it's wonderful you sharing your experience, Christina, trying to do this, but not finding the rhythm. But what can we take next year into learning a consistent rhythm? And Really, essentially what we're talking about is blocking out the rest of the (laughs) block, blocking out society and the push notifications that are coming our way and just learning to exist that the way that we want to exist in the world and let them go about it their own way. But it it takes a while to get into that rhythm. Maybe even uh, it may take some people three or four seasons to, to get into that.
2: Yeah, because it turns out there are even celebrations. I was in a prayer group not too long ago and we celebrated, oh shoot, I'm going to forget the name of it now, but it's the middle space between winter solstice and spring. Again, back in the day, it was all about survival. Would we have enough food to get through the winter? Would the next crop provide enough food? We have these same questions, but not always about food anymore. Do we have enough energy to get to the next place is a real question. And I had to ask myself that even now we plant a garden and there's plenty of questions. Like, Do we have enough resources in ourselves to water that, weed that, take care of that Or will we get overrun with all of our ambitions and excitements? And this becomes true in almost every arena of our lives. Yeah, it is helpful to allow that little pause. And that's the thing, because that's what that day is for, to say, what does balance look like in my life? What does equanimity look like in my life? And what is new and fresh? I love that your director was asking, what's the bud? What's the bloom? What's the thorn? That's a really good one.
1: I appreciate, too, you naming, Christina, that historically it, it was the survival of the crops, literally, in the land and the relationship to that, and that we are not as close to that anymore. But I think you're right. It has to do with energy and resource and time and that pause in our society where I think probably there was a little bit more abundance in some of our ancestors along those fronts and where we maybe have abundance of food accessible to us. And that's, I think the things that we have to question. And so I think it is interesting. And I was recently watching something talking about the Hebrews, how in the ancient Hebrew culture, they had seven. So there was like the Sabbath day, the Sabbath year, but then also there were seven sort of Sabbath festivals throughout the year. And it's interesting to me, you naming, it's not just the winter solstice and the summer and the equinox, but there's this like mid-pause. And I think even in these ancient cultures, they had these rhythms where throughout the year they were pausing to celebrate, whether it was the harvest or the planting or the pausing. And I think oftentimes that's lost in our culture as well. So really appreciate the historical ties and how that draws into our modern times as well.
0: Yeah. And I really appreciate the word rhythm, right? I think these ancient rhythms of paying attention to the seasons paying attention to agriculture and what it offers our communities it's a beautiful thing to to engage in as somebody who is five or six generations removed from that way of life but what is the beauty in that some of these archaic practices what do they have to teach us and i think they're a lot smarter than what we would give them credit for the discovery of that is it's beautiful and it's humbling as well. So,
2: it does bring a certain newness to the days all the time because as you enter into that next season, that's a new season. It gives you this opportunity. It also helps me with that practice of being in the present moment. How can I be aware of now? So, just this weekend, I had to drive suddenly. Back to the house and then back to a competition because a costume had been left behind. And oh my gosh, the drama. And so I'm driving as fast as one can drive without driving dangerously. And I'm driving into the sun and I realize, and also trying actively not to be just annoyed. Like, how can I appreciate whatever is available to me in this moment for what it is, all the things? And as I'm driving, I see these birds in the V formation flying, and I thought, am I going north? I am going north. Those birds are going north. Spring is coming. This is really exciting. It's like a little moment, a beauty moment in a really difficult moment. (laughs) Could I have done that without all of these practices of trying to pay attention and celebrate what is? I do appreciate that it offers me that awareness. Well, thank you so much for chatting a little bit about the spring equinox. I find it fun to talk about newness and beginnings. So it's quite a treat. And now is the time in our podcast where we take a moment to talk about what we are into.
1: What are we into today? I am into prosciutto and the backstory of this. So for years now, Chris and I have opted to have dates during the day when our kids are at school, rather than trying to have a date night and get a babysitter. It just hasn't worked for us. And so we've alternated between having a breakfast date or a lunch date. And I think in recent months, we've realized, you know what, breakfast is underwhelming out. And so we would rather just get some stuff and make breakfast in. And so we were the other day going to the store and uh, we're like, you know what, we haven't had prosciutto in forever. And so we got some prosciutto to make these like fancy egg prosciutto things. And (gasps) I was loving it. And I'm like, why do we not eat more prosciutto? This is amazing. So I am very much into prosciutto.
0: Yes, Very yummy. Along the food and water theme, I am into Waterloo uh, sparkling water, and they have this new flavor that is blackberry lemonade, and it is so good. So I could probably drink about five or six of them a day, but I'm limiting myself to one, maybe on a very special day too. But blackberry lemonade is the thing that I'm into right now.
2: So lovely. I don't know. I feel like many moons ago, I said that I was into a pink pen that it was bringing me joy. Update The pink pen died today, but I had planned ahead for this moment and now have a new gel pink pen to continue bringing joy and happiness into my life. So just today, friends, just today. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. We'll look forward to being with you again soon.
0: If you enjoy listening to the podcast, we invite you to stay connected by signing up for our Foundry Spiritual Center newsletter, where you can learn about even more programs and offerings. You'll find a link to subscribe in the show notes, or visit us anytime at foundrysc.com. Thanks again for being with us. We hope you have a great week.